Good morning, everybody. We are in week six of a sermon series that, as you saw, we're calling Produce. And it's based upon this little section of a letter that was written to a group of Christians just about 20 years after Jesus walked the earth. And the guy who wrote it, Paul, he was writing to these Christians about this helper that Jesus had told his disciples was going to come to them. And this helper is, is what we call the Holy Spirit. And Paul was writing to them about the kind of things that start to happen in your life if we are, in Paul's words, in step with the Spirit. Uh, so I want to read that passage of Scripture for you. It's in Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 25. And this is just the basic Scripture uh, that we've been in, planted in, so to speak, uh, for the last few weeks. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, forbearance, or we talked about patience, right? Uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And the thing that we have been trying to draw out in every single one of these messages is these are fruit, right? These are not rules that we're trying to, to adhere to, not works that we're trying to accomplish in our lives. These things are fruit that when we are rooted in God, God begins to do this work cultivating these things within us. So and really this series is about how do we root ourselves? How do we root ourselves in God so that God can grow these things within us? And today's fruit that we're talking about is this idea of goodness, okay? So goodness, what, what exactly is that? That seems kind of broad in general. Well, well, the guy who wrote this letter to the Galatians wrote another letter to some people in Ephesus, and he groups goodness and truth and righteousness all together. So what does that mean? Well, basically what we think it means is when Paul mentions goodness, he's talking about good decisions. He's talking about choosing right over wrong. He's talking about doing good things instead of bad things. Let's try on this definition for size, okay? Goodness is obedience to the will and the way of God, obedience to the will and the way of God. And already, right? Already, when I say the word obedience to the will and the way of God, you think about being good and you think about obeying. <laughs> and it, it, maybe for some of you, it starts to feel a little weighty, right? Like, oh man, John's gonna be putting the guilt trip on us today, right? Because we're gonna be talking about being good and not very good at being good. I hope that's not what ends up happening through the course of this message today. Uh, I think that goodness may be the fruit that we are most tempted to try to produce rather than letting become something that God turns into produce, that, that God cultivates in us. And we start to desire it because of a work that God is doing in our lives. Let me, just, let me just offer a little disclaimer before we get into this. And the disclaimer is this. Goodness is not a way to earn God's favor. It is a response to the favor God has already shown us. I'm going to read that again, and I'm going to read the first sentence. I want you all to read the second sentence. Goodness is not a way to earn God's favor. Read, it is a 
you all were like in time with each other and everything. That was very impressive. We have a lot of rhythmic people in here. Look at this other thing that Paul wrote to some people in Romans. Uh, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, God showed us favor. We're not earning a place in God's family through our good deeds. What we're doing is we are accepting an invitation to a new life. We're not earning our place. We are accepting an invitation to a new and better way of life. So like all the other fruits that we've been talking about, goodness, it is this produce that God wants to grow within us. Um, I had a mentor when I was younger, like in high school, and when he would want to talk to us group of guys uh, about goodness, he would say, y'all don't drink, don't smoke, and don't date girls who do. And that was his definition of goodness. That was the list. Don't drink, don't smoke, and don't date girls who do. And some of my friends were really good. They were like, you know, three for three. They nailed it. And some of us were oh for three. You know, like some of us struggle with this. And, 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 I, and, and I tend to find that that seems to be the case in life, right? Like, like some people have, this, it just seems to be this innate moral strength about them, right? And some people are, let's say, maybe a little bit more adventurous in nature, <laughs> I, I think, I don't know if you've seen these candy challenge videos that were popular here quite a while back. Um, but this idea of parents sticking candy in front of their kids and, and then walking away to see who eats it. If you haven't seen one, lucky for you, I've got one for you to watch right here. Check this out. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? And, and, and here's the thing. Here, you know, big brother, when mom and dad said, don't touch the candy, and, and, and they started to walk out of the room, he does this, right? Like he's like, I am dead set against it, right? I, I'm not going to do it. And before they even got to the steps, Jamesy was in the bowl, right? And, and I think that's so emblematic. I, I bet some of you could even watch that video and you'd be like, yeah, I was that one, right? Like some of us were, were like, we are the ones who knew to do the right thing, and a bunch of of us are Jamesies, right? And we were like diving into that bowl uh, before they even get down the stairs. Um, I think it represents something that when we think of goodness as just a set of rules to follow, it can do some different things to us. Like, like when we don't think of goodness as a gift that we've been given, when we think of it as a set of rules, I think this is usually the result. Okay, follow this with me. Some of us are good at being good, and it can lead us to pride. Like, couldn't you see Big Brother? Like, when mom and dad walked back in the room, him being like, I didn't eat the candy. Jamesy did, but I did not eat that candy. I was the good boy. Jamesy was the bad one, right? And some of us are bad at being good. And it can lead us to a bunch of shame. Pride and shame are not things that God wants to cultivate in our lives. And I hope that our message today doesn't do that. Because here's the thing. If your success at moral integrity leads you to feeling moral superiority, it's not of God. And if your failure at moral integrity leads you to feeling moral inferiority. That too is not of God. 
I need you to pay attention to this, okay? Because this is one of the fundamental things I want us to capture from today's message. God's goodness, it's not about pride and shame. It's about blessing and healing. God's goodness brings blessing to me and healing to my world. I want you to remember that so much that we're gonna do a little game here. Those of you in the balcony, will you just say blessing to me? Ready, one, two, three. Blessing to me. And then those of you on the floor, I want you to say healing to my world. Are you ready? One, two, three. Healing to my world. God's goodness. It's not about pride and shame. It's about blessing and healing. And we're gonna spend the rest of our time today diving into this idea. To understand this, this role of God's goodness, we gotta go all the way back to the beginning. And so if you wanna read along with me, I'm gonna be in the very first book. If you're not that familiar with the Bible, this is the easiest one to find, okay? The very first book, Genesis. We're gonna be reading out of Genesis chapter two. Uh, here in the beginning of Genesis, there are some stories that even if you didn't grow up in church, there's some pretty popular ones. Uh, the first one is about this, uh, this God that creates the world in six days, right? Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you heard of that one. And then a little bit later, uh, there's this story about a talking serpent, right, that convinces Adam and Eve to disobey God, right? But sandwiched in between those two stories, in between God creating the world and Adam and Eve disobeying God, there is this piece of information that we are given that I think sets the stage for everything else that we read in the scriptures. It's, it's about two trees, Genesis 2, I'm going to start at verse 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put a man, put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Jump down to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. I want to put an image up here of a beautiful tree because these trees that God had created were beautiful. And one of them was the tree of life. This is the one that God gave Adam to eat from. Uh, when God is creating things, back when God is creating things during those six days, we are told over and over again that God creates life and it is good. And this tree that Adam is given so graciously by God to eat from is all of that good life that God has in store for Adam and for Eve. It's all of the goodness. And then there's this other tree. It's given a weird name. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's kind of a mouthful for uh, the name of a tree. But in essence, this is what it's about. It's about our option to reject God's version of good and to redefine good and evil for ourselves. And so the story goes, when Adam and Eve decide to eat from this tree, when they decide that 
God's definitions of good and evil are not good enough, that they want to redefine good and evil, that they want to redefine goodness for themselves, that they introduce into the world decay, death. And that's what happens. Uh, The story after they choose to disobey God is a story uh, about one of their sons killing the other. And the death and the decay from that point forward in the stories that we read page after page in the scriptures, it just sort of spreads all throughout every corner of the world. But along with this story, and you've got to catch this, along with this story, God keeps creating a way back. God keeps creating a way back to the good life that he intended for his people all along. So when we're talking about goodness, obeying the will and the way of God, we're talking about eating from the tree of life, choosing the gift of abundant life. Because when Jesus came along, he said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the fullest and have it abundantly. God wants us to have this good life Not because he wants to fill us with pride or shame, but because he created us and he loved us. So let's remember, goodness brings about us two things. Remember I had the balcony say something and the floor something, so balcony. What is the first thing that goodness brings? Can you remember? Blessing to me. Well done. You were very brave in speaking out loud in front of all these people. Uh, Yeah, when we say God's goodness brings blessing to us, we got to remember, this is not like a transaction, God is not saying if you jump through all these hoops, then you're going to earn some blessing, right? He's not like got some kind of scoring system, which some of us are competitive people, and we probably do better if there were a scoring system, right? Like I want to earn some points in this thing. But sorry, that's not what God has set up. Goodness with God is more like car maintenance, right? When the car dealer hands you that maintenance schedule, they're not looking out for the car. They're looking out for you, right? They're not saying, hey, now that you've bought this car, here's the maintenance schedule because the purpose of your life from this movement forward is to keep this car perfect. They're saying, hey, follow the maintenance schedule so that you don't end up on the side of the road in the middle of the night. And that is what the goodness of God is. Understand this, okay? When God gives us goodness, calls us to obedience to his will and his way, God is not interested, God is not interested in giving us a burden. God is interested in giving us a blessing. So let's talk about drinking and smoking and dating girls who do, right? Let's like put this into real practical terms. I'm not going to talk about all of those, but, but, but just for example, how, how is goodness a blessing to me? Let's just talk about drinking, for example. Our Bible does not command complete abstinence from alcohol, but it does describe that the Christian life is one that is free from drunkenness. The good life is one where you have planned to manage your drinking in such a way that you are never drunk. It's not a rule, it's a gift. And here's how you are blessed. You're never going to get behind the wheel of a car and kill people because you were drunk. You are never going to get into a fight because you fueled your anger with alcohol. You're never going to make a catastrophic relationship decision because you were drunk. That sounds kind of nice, right? That seems like a gift. 
The goodness of being sober is a gift, and that's what God wants to grow in us. I think in this moment, I, uh, I need to pause, because here's the deal. One of the things I worried about when writing this message uh, is that it would feel weighty and judgy. Um, that it would just start kind of feel like we're, we're browbeating each other. That it, would, that it would inspire pride or shame in us. And I'm just, I'm calling us to remember that that's not my goal. And I hope I don't do that. I'm calling us to remember that God wants blessing for us. God wants healing for us. If goodness is a set of rules to follow, and we either have success or failure in following these rules, I'm done. I can't play this game. I fail all the time. But if goodness is rooted in something else, that it's a God who is seeking to bless my life, not burden me, well, then tell me more, right? Tell me more. So goodness brings blessing to me. People on the balcony, you got yours. What was the other thing that goodness brings? People on the floor, do you remember? Healing to my world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well done. You pass. Uh, I am keeping score. Not like God. Uh, but you did well. It brings healing to our world. And, and I love going back to the scriptures and seeing this. When we get caught up in every single detail of the stories of the scriptures, which is good to do sometimes, uh, we can sometimes miss the grand story that unfolds. And what I want to draw your attention to is the grand story. So we read from Genesis, the first book. Now I want to read a little bit from the very last book. So if you want to flip over to that, the very last book, Revelation. I'm going to read out of Revelation uh, 22. Um, just some setup. The Revelation is a vision given to a guy named John. Uh, and it uses all these wild kind of figurative images to encourage Christians. And when John is getting the last part of this vision... He sees images that represent what we call the new creation, the revitalized, the new world that God is going to one day create. And so this is part of that vision, Revelation 22. This is the end, the new creation. Then the angel of uh, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and uh, of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So there's another image I want to put up here for you to think about. And just you kind of picture with me this new creation where there is a a river and that river is from God. Maybe that river is God and along each side of the river in abundance is growing the tree of life. In essence, God's goodness, obedience to the will and the way of God is everywhere you look. It's growing in abundance. Everyone's enjoying the good life that God has always wanted to give us. And did you catch the last part? And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. God's goodness brings blessing to me and it brings healing to my world. So so how does God growing goodness in me, my obedience to the will and the way of the world, 
how does that bring healing to the world? Well, we could talk about drinking again. When, when you decide to never get drunk, when we live those kind of lives, then we free other drivers on the road from the threat of a drunk driver hitting them. And the goodness of God brings healing to our world in that area through us. But here's the thing. I think one of the biggest arenas in our lives where we are tempted to redefine right and wrong, what is good and what is not, is just on our screens, right? I mean, it's just so easy to do. By choosing to click on something, I'm calling that good. So when I decide to view a, a video that seeks to humiliate or mock people who believe different than me, I'm saying that mocking and humiliating people is good. But when I choose to skip that, maybe watch something different, then I value others the way that God values them. And by growing goodness in me, God is bringing healing to that part of the world. When I dedicate time to visiting websites that turn men and women into sexual objects, I've decided turning men and women into sexual objects is good. And we can say that this is just something that we do in privacy. It's just something that's working out in my own mind. Nobody's getting hurt. But maybe you've heard within the last 18 months, some of the most popular pornographic websites, including the most popular one, have had to settle Lawsuits because they were guilty of posting thousands of videos that involved trafficked children and forced sexual exploitation. But when I choose God's good plan for sexual sexuality instead of this other version, I push back. I push back against a world that wants to devalue men, women, and children. And the goodness of God brings not only blessing to me, but healing to that part of our world. And I could go on and on. When I choose to turn off one song and listen to a different one because of what that other song says about relationships, when I choose uh, to not watch this show and instead watch this other one because this other show had a version of goodness that is different than God's, when I choose to limit my time on an app that encourages me to judge myself and everybody else I look like based upon their image rather than the value that they have as a child of God, the goodness of God brings healing to my world. I need to pause again and kind of remind us that the goodness of God is not inspiring pride in us because we don't do any of that stuff or shame in us because we've maybe done it all. The point here is is that God wants to bring blessing and healing into our lives and into our world. Maybe it's just me, uh, but even though I've said that over and over again, like this sermon can still feel judgy, right? <laughs> it can still feel like uh, we're, we're setting up uh, s some rules that we're supposed to be uh, following. It feels like it's hard. It feels like it's work to try to grow this thing in my life. I'm, I mean, I want to be good. I want to desire the will and the way of God. I want to have strength like James's brother and just fold my arms up at that stuff, right? But I find I'm more like Jamesy, right? 
that happens to us. And honestly, it's always kind of been that way for me. I grew up in, a, in an amazing home. Uh, my dad uh, was a preacher, and he was good at being good. And my mom was amazing. She was really good at being good. Uh, from my perspective, uh, my siblings were really good at being good. Uh, I've heard some stories later in life that they weren't that great. So that's good. <laughs> but at the time, I felt like kind of the odd one out. Um, like being good was just hard, man. Uh, I felt like, get this, I felt like goodness was maybe even boring. I had these fleeting thoughts that goodness might even be weak. Like if you really want to experience stuff in life, you just go for it, man. Forget the consequences, right? You bend the rules a little bit, but you're never going to get anywhere if you don't. You're not going to taste all that life has to offer if you don't just go for it. And then I heard a story that started to change my heart. Uh, I found out, one of my friends told me, uh, one of my friends told me that my mom and my friend's moms would get together every once in a while and they would pray for us. <laughs> I think they also probably shared information like, well, I heard your son was doing this. And I heard, you know, I think there's probably some of that going on. Um, but they prayed for us. And, and I heard that even in those times when they would gather, they would shed some tears for us because they knew we were knuckleheads. <laughs> and when I heard this story that my mom was getting together and praying and, and, and just shedding tears because she wanted goodness in my life, it's interesting, it shook me, but it wasn't shame. I realized how loved I was. And when I realized that goodness was rooted in the love of my parents, things started to change. I started to wonder what this goodness was really all about. And it's what I want for you and for me and our relationship with God. Before we finish, I want to offer one more image that I think helps us root ourselves in the love of God. And if we do that, we create an opportunity for goodness to start to grow in our lives. We've looked at the, the, the first book of the Bible and we saw a tree there in Genesis. And then we saw some more trees in, in the last book of the Bible. We're gonna go about to the middle of the Bible, okay? So if you wanna read along with me, it's the first Psalm, right? Psalm one. And we're gonna find a tree here. And we're going to find some water, just like in Revelation 22. But instead of being a tree that we eat from, or maybe in addition, what we find is this tree can be us. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person... Is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers, not so the wicked. They're like the chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Uh, let me put one more image up on the screen that I think illustrates what this psalm can communicate to us about walking 
in the will and the way of God. The one who delights in goodness, the will and the way of God, uh, is like a tree planted by streams of water. When you look at this picture, notice that near the water, there's vegetation, there's life, there's trees. But then beyond it, the further you get, there is death, there is decay. There is dried up land. Now, I imagine that somebody who'd been roaming those hills of sand and they top one of those dry hills and they see this, a river with vegetation, I imagine one of the things that they're going to feel is gratitude. They are going to be so thankful for this water, this life in the midst of this dry place. And I think they're going to run to it. And for me... Gratitude is where it starts. Growing goodness, or or rather God growing goodness in my life, starts with me being grateful for how good God has been to me. A simple thing that I've been doing, and my kids, I think you're probably getting sick of hearing me pray at mealtimes because it's just, it's redundant. It's, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. But my mealtime prayers have just become gratitude. That's it. Uh, so at breakfast, God, thank you so much for giving me another day. And thank you for this food. And then at lunchtime, God, thank you for work. And thank you for friendship. And thank you for more food, even more. <laughs> and then at dinner time, it's God, thank you so much for my home. And thank you for the laughter uh, that I get to share. Uh, and, and thank you for more food, <laughs> right? I'm just, I'm just, I'm rooting myself in the, in the, the graciousness of God. Because here's the thing. If I can believe that God wants goodness for me, if I can believe that God loves me, that God provides for me, then I can start to believe that God's definition of good is probably better than mine. That God's definition of good is best for me. So gratitude. The second thing, The second thing that I want this psalm and this picture to kind of point us toward is the idea of humility. The psalmist writes, the tree planted by the river, it yields fruit in its season and its leaves do not wither. If the tree were planted somewhere else, not by the river, out in the desert, it wouldn't bear fruit. Its leaves would wither. That tree needs that water. And if I can think the same thing about my relationship with God, I'm not just grateful, but I'm humble enough to admit that I need God's goodness. I think what God can start to grow in us is a craving for God's scriptures a craving for gathering with God's people because it's in those things that we begin to learn about the goodness of God. The goodness of God begins to be reinforced within us. The goodness of God can start to grow within us. And so if I am rooted in gratitude and humility for what God provides, something I want, something I need, then I create the chance for God to bear fruit through my life. 
if I define goodness on my own, I really do think it leads not just to death, but things associated with death and decay like pride and shame. And that's not what God wants to cultivate in your life. And so it's my prayer that we can remember how good God has been to us, that his will and his way are a good path for us to take. And as he grows it in our lives, I believe you will find blessing and you will bring healing to this world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for creating not only this world, but a good way within this world. Teach us to crave it. God, grow it within us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Would you guys please stand and worship with us?